Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just continue to remember everyone uh, having to deal with this coronavirus, whether it be the sick themselves, someone they know that is sick, or the uh, CMAs or doctors or nurses or healthcare workers that are, are trying to take care of, of people. Let's remember each and every one of them that God will just continue to touch them and bless them and heal them. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to bow and to call upon your name, to know, dear God, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you hear and answer our prayers. And, Lord, I just thank you, God, for this another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of podcast. Lord, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you, dear God, for each and everything that you have taught me, dear God, in this time of of podcasting lord i just i just thank you and i praise you for everything and lord i just pray that you would just continue to teach dear god teach me dear lord that i may teach others dear god and lord just be with our health care workers lord our cmas our our doctors and nurses and uh, all the ones dear god that are in the nursing homes or or uh, out calling up on people in their homes, dear God, and assisted living places, dear God. Just be with those, dear God, that are taking care of these people, God, and just touch them, dear God, and just put a hedge of protection around them, dear Lord, and, and keep them safe from this coronavirus. And Lord, each and every one, dear God, that has coronavirus, Lord, I ask that you would just touch them, dear God, Lord, that you would just touch the Touch the virus, dear God, and, and just take the symptoms away, Lord, and just be with them. Just lay your healing hand upon them. Lord, just speak the words, and it will be done. I know. And, Lord, I just thank you for every everything that you're doing, and thank you for the things that you're going to do. In Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And we're going to start into verse 14. And we're going to, um, like I tell my wife uh, before I came on, we're going to try to get through uh, about two and a half, three chapters, different things. Um, probably not going to read a whole lot. But let, listen, uh, if you get a chance, read read what uh, that we're going to discuss today. Um, because, you know, I I may I may not bring everything out that's in there, but uh, the Lord has given me some thoughts, uh, and uh, I will be bringing those out, and I'm sure He will give them to me as we are going along. So, uh, but you need to read, you need to read, uh, and let the Lord speak to you also. You know, it, I can't teach everything that there is in the Bible. I don't know everything that there is in the Bible. But the thing about it is, is God teaches me a little and he teaches you a little and he teaches somebody else a little. And then when we get, get together and get it all together and everything, it, it makes a broader picture. It's uh, like our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, Pastor Joe was teaching on fasting, excuse me, which is a, a subject that we generally teach teach on about this time of year because we go into our church fast sometime January, February. And 
uh, he teaches on fasts. And each time that he teaches on it, I learn something different. I learn a little bit, uh, something a little bit different. And you can never get enough studying. Of, you know, you can take really one book in the Bible and you can teach on it for forever. Well, we I, I have been doing this now for over a year and we have got through uh, we have got completely through four books, and we're in the middle of the fifth one now. Two, three, four, five. Yep, we're in the middle of the fifth one now. So, uh, and this is this is three times a week that we've been doing this. So, you know, th- it takes a lot of time to go through because uh, sometimes the Lord will give you a little bit, and sometimes He'll give you a whole lot. But you know, it's. It's all God's time anyway, so we need to use it very wisely, and we need to we need to study the Bible, and we need to know what thus saith the Word of God in our lives, because uh, there's a lot of things that's going to come up in our lives that um, the the way out uh, or the way through whatever that we're going through, or the way and the way out of it is always in God's Word, but we won't never know it if we don't study it. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, chapter 14. (laughs) Chapter 18, verse 14. For these nations which thou shalt possess, hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, and to him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Herob, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. If you remember when Moses gathered uh, all the children of Israel together at, at the uh, base of Mount Horeb, and the Lord came down, and God came down, and he, he, uh, he came down in a uh, cloud of smoke, and, and uh, the, whole, the whole top of the mountain looked like it was uh, some great furnace, and it was smoking, and there was thunderings and lightning, and then... Uh, God spoke out of all this, and it sounded like trumpets blowing, and all the children of Israel got really scared really quick, and they, they started backing off, and uh, they told Moses, said, hey, he said, uh, you, you let God talk to you, and you talk to us. We, uh, you know, uh, we don't really want to talk, hear God anymore because, you know, that, that scared us to death. And you know the same thing's true today because sometimes when we especially the first time that we ever hear god speak to us in an audible voice and you know it's it's like one of those um things it's 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 in your head but it's it's not you thinking it the words are are coming to your through your mind and everything and you and you hear a voice but it's not the voice of the way that you think is completely different yeah, it, it gets a little scary sometimes. And even now today, uh, the Lord will catch, the old saying is he'll catch me off guard. 
not thinking about I'm I'm thinking about the Lord and and uh, doing something, and the Lord will just speak to me all of a sudden, and it, and it 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 will surprise you, um, but it's still a good surprise though. It is a very good surprise. I'm I'm not afraid of it anymore. I look forward to it. And as a matter of fact, I would I would love to be on the same speaking terms that Moses was. He he would actually speak to God voice to voice, and you know just like uh, like I'm speaking now, and you all are hearing me. That's the way God and Moses spoke to each other, and that that would be a a fantastic place to be. And I long for that. And um, I don't know what all I'm going to have to do to get to that point, but I really, I would really like to get to that point. But Moses is telling him here, he said, now, you know that all these people in all these different nations and everything, they have all these uh, observers of times and soothsayers and diviners and all that, and they're all time predicting, you know, what's going to happen and, and uh, all this different things that they do. And he said, you, you don't need that. You, uh, all you need is the Lord. That's all you need. He will let you know whatever you need to know. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, when you get into the new land and you get yourselves all set up and everything, he said, I'm going to give you prophets. These are men uh, and, uh, that I can speak through and they can speak to you. And he said, and you will know these people. He said, because when I speak through a prophet and tell them something to tell you, and if it don't happen or it don't come to pass or anything like that, know then that this is not a true prophet of God. He's, it's just another person that's trying to make a name for themselves. But he said, if, if they speak a word unto you and it happens, it comes to pass, whatever it is, then know you that that is one of my prophets, and I have spoken to him. And, you know, we have prophets today. We have, uh, I guess it's more a gift of prophecy. Uh, it's, it's not that they do it all the time, but uh, st God still gives his uh, men and women, uh, he still gives them a word today to tell people. I know it happens quite a bit in our church. Uh, the Lord uh, speaks to someone every once in a while um, that needs encouragement especially and of things that's, that uh, they have been seeking for. Um, and they'll tell the person that, you know, they won't mention what it is or anything, but they say the thing that you have been seeking for, uh, it's about to come to pass. Now then, when when this person speaks this to this person, and if they haven't been seeking for anything, then know then that that's a false prophet. But if they have been seeking for something and they tell them that it's going to come to pass and it doesn't come to pass, still yet, they're a false prophet. But on the other hand, if they, they the Lord speaks to that person and tells that person that they whatever they have been seeking for, uh, it will come to pass. And when it does come to pass, and know that this is a, a child of mine. This is a prophet of mine. This is one that I have spoke to. And 
he said, I'll raise up a prophet from among your brethren. It's not going to be an outsider. It's going to be an Israelite. It's going to be someone that I have put my uh, seal on, and they will follow me, and they will be different. And these are the ones that's going to speak to you. So when they speak, listen. When they speak, listen. Uh, if But if the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Now he's saying if uh, this man stands, or man stands up and says, uh, you know, such and such is going to happen on such and such date, and we need to go out and we need to sacrifice to uh, some strange god, he said don't follow that. that. That's a false prophet. Don't follow that person. As a matter of fact, the Lord said that person needs to die. They need to get that that iniquity out of out from among you. So the best thing to do is just to kill that person and and uh, go on. Then cities of refuge, chapter nineteen. If we remember back, um, the Lord was talking about that He was going to set up cities of refuge. Six cities of refuge when uh, they got over Jordan and they got to the promised land and they got things set up. Well, the the two, two and a half tribes that stayed on this side of Jordan, uh, the Lord said that he wanted them to set up three refuge, uh, cities of refuge on that side. And then when they get over on the other side and they get, uh, they get their inheritance and everything laid out. He said, I want you to set up three cities on this side. And eventually when you uh, continue to grow and God continues to bless you and you start branching out, he said there will be three uh, three more cities added. But these cities of refuge are for uh, the person that takes someone else's life by accident uh bible the bible goes on later on in this chapter and it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and life for life and the and then it and it also talks about the avenger of blood and the avenger of blood is a relative close relative of the person that for uh for whatever reason you had something to do with their death that person, the avenger of blood, that person was by rights under the laws and under the commandments of God, he was allowed to take your life. But if you made it into this city of refuge, he he could not take your life. When you got inside that city, you were safe. And you had to stay in inside that city till the priest that was in office at that time died and a new priest was set up, then you were free to go back to your home, your home uh, city and, and your, uh, your own home and, and everything. But at any time before this priest died that you were caught outside of that city for whatever reason and the avenger of blood seen you, he still had the right 
to take your life. Now then, if you um, kill somebody by lying in wait or you really hated that person and you really wanted to see them dead and you were instrumental in their death and you killed them and you went to this city of refuge, then the, um, let me, let me get, let me find that. Uh, in verse 11 of chapter 19, but if any man hate his neighbor and lie in wait for him and rise up against him and smite him mortally that he die and fleeth into one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall send and fetch him thence and deliver him into the hand of the avenger of blood that he may die. That I wanted to get that right. But if I, if I laid in wait for somebody and, and I killed them and I fled to the city uh, of refuge, then the, the priest of my and the elders of my city had the authority to come and get me and take me back to my city and turn me over to the avenger of blood or the, the near kin of the one who I took their life. And they, they had the right to take my life. But now, he, now a good in, uh, example of, and the Bible gives a good a example of by accident or ignorantly. Uh, in verse 5, uh, it says, And when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood, and his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slippeth from the heave or the handle, and lighteth upon his neighbor that he die, he shall flee unto one of these cities and live. If it was an if it was an outright accident, there was no possible way that it could be stopped. Then you you were you were innocent, but still yet, if you were not in this city of refuge, one of his near kin had the right to take your life, and he would not be liable. For that. And it, and and then it says, And thine eye shall not pity him. This is the one where that he laid in wait for someone, had it out for someone, really hated them, and took their life and took it intentionally. Um, it says, uh, Thine eye shall not pity him. But thou shalt put away the guilt of innocence, blood from Israel, that it may go well with thee. And when someone was brought forth to, they say they killed somebody accidentally. This was to be established by two to three witnesses. This could not be established by one witness. You had to have two. Um, and... And at most, and at even better, even three, you know, the more, but it had to be at least two before that a man's life could be taken. So if he was lying in wait and he hated some, and you hated someone and you killed them, you had to have at least two witnesses that knew that you had done this 
knew that you were going to do this and knew that you had done this before that they, they could actually come and get you and take your life. In verse, in, uh, yeah, in verse 15 of chapter 19, one witness shall not rise up against any man for an, any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. Now then, I'm going to talk about false witnesses. If you write, if you have an ought against somebody or if somebody comes and pays you money to swear out a lie against somebody else uh, in uh in verse 16, it says, If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition and behold if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother then shall you do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother so shalt thou put the evil away from among you whatever that this guy person done that he was swearing a false report for trying to get them out of something that they had done whatever they had done the person that did it and the person that swore out the false statement will have the same thing done to them whether it was uh, put out an eye knocked out a tooth killed the person whatever the same thing will be done to you and those which remain shall hear and fear and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And I tell you what, as I was studying this this morning and, and yesterday morning, the thoughts kept coming back to my mind. Our laws today are very lax. And they are at the best... Uh, not right. Uh, this is my personal opinion. Because it seems like that if you have enough money and you have a really good lawyer, you can get out of just about anything that you have done. And it doesn't matter how many witnesses you have. Uh, you know, you can always buy people to testify in your behalf that you are that you have not done what people are saying that you have done, and you know this goes on so much today. Our our laws are so so lax, and they are uh, we haven't got the the morality. Uh, I don't know what I want to what I want to call it, but we we just haven't got the love of God and the the fear of God as like we used to the judges and the attorneys they don't fear the lord they they fear man more than they do god and 
it doesn't matter if you've got enough money they will try their best to get you out of anything that you have done and you know it it our our morals have changed so drastically that it is it, it's really frightening and it's not getting any better it's it's going to get worse and as i was and as I study all of these different laws and all these different judgments and everything that the Lord is handing down to Moses for the Israelites, I think I'm thinking about how much sense that they make. This is those things that when somebody does something that they're not supposed to do, there is a penalty for it. You, you don't go through a long drawn out process of, uh, uh, of, a jury and a, a court trial and all this stuff, you, you bring it before the priest, you bring it before the judges, and the judges and the priests fear the Lord, and the Lord will direct them in exactly how to make their judgment, and then the sentence will be carried out. And they didn't have that much problem. They didn't have that, that the problem of people getting killed and, and raped and all this stuff because... They knew that if they got caught, they knew exactly what was going to happen to them. And, and one of their, their greatest punishments back then was stoning people to death. Now, this, let me tell you something. You've you got to really think about this. But you have got a person out somewhere in a place to where that they can't get away, and people are throwing rocks at them. I'm not talking about little bitty stones. I'm talking about huge rocks. Uh, you know, a good, a good, maybe a grapefruit-sized rock, and these people are throwing these rocks at this person and hitting this person with it till he dies. So yeah, the judgment is the judgment is harsh, the penalty is harsh, but it the penalty fit the crime, and the penalty also was a deterrent for anyone else that was thinking about doing the same thing you know our laws are not centered around the ones that are thinking about doing something wrong they're centered around getting this person that did wrong getting him off so that he won't have to have any jail time or he won't be put to death or he won't have to pay any fines or anything like that it's centered around that it's not centered around judgment is not centered around what's right and what's wrong and it's not centered around making an example of somebody that has done wrong and people knows that they've done wrong and and giving them the 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 penalty that they desire that they they really need it's not and our laws are not for that anymore and when we look at these, we we think, well, yeah, these 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 laws are harsh. They they're brutal. You know, a man, one man, it was out on Sunday picking up sticks, and they stoned the guy to death because he was picking up sticks on Sunday. When the Lord told them plainly, "Do no work whatsoever on Sunday. Don't even build a fire on Sunday." Whatever you eat on Sunday had better be cooked on Saturday because the Sabbath day you were to do absolutely nothing. It was a day of rest. If you travel to a synagogue 
uh, on a day, on the Sabbath day, you could only travel so far. I mean, it wasn't a day's journey that you could travel. It was a very short distance that you could travel if you needed to travel to a, a temple on the, Sabbath, on the Sabbath day. So, yeah, the laws are strict. The laws are harsh. But they were for the punishment because the Lord said, don't do it. And and let me while we're on that say, subject of laws and and judgment, there is going to be a time, children of God, that we're going to have to stand before the Almighty God, and we're going to have to give an account for everything that we've done in this life, whether it be good or whether it be bad. We're going to have to give an account for it. There's not going to be no bribing, no jury. There's not going to be no bribing, no witnesses. There's not going to be no paying no lawyers off to get us to get us off and get us cleared of all the stuff that we have done wrong. It's, it's not going to happen. This is going to be the one judgment that is going to be very just and it's going to be very harsh. It, it's not one of those smack you on the wrist and don't do it no more. Because when you step up there, they're going to have two books open. They're going to have the book of life, and they're also going to have God's word open. You're going to be judged according to God's word. You're going to be judged according to this law, this law that was started, that Moses started writing and was handed down through the years until today, and we're going to be judged out of it. But the thing about it is, is if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you're not going to heaven. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much power and prestige you got. If your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, you're not going to make it into heaven. And then the lake of fire is going to be your home. You want to talk about harsh judgments? Let me tell you something. You are going to be put into a place that burns so hot there is no light. It burns so hot that it's, there's, it don't put off no light at all. It's completely dark. It's the hottest flame that man knows of. And it's going to burn forever. And you're going to be in the middle of it forever. You're not going to burn up and be over with. You're going to be in those torments of the flames and other torments for eternity for your rejection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the judgment that we're going to have to, one of these days, we're going to have to stand before, and we're going to hear the words, Depart from me, I never knew you, or enter ye in to the joys of the Lord. Now then, going back to Moses when he was talking about going into the promised land, talking about a curse and a blessing. The curse is going to be the punishment for 
your your sins that you have done. The curse is going to be your punishment. The blessing is going to be what you receive for doing what thus saith the word of God. Now then, which one are you going to choose? Which one are you going to choose? Are you, well, that, let's leave it at that. Which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the curse and live in hell for the rest of your, in the lake of fire for the rest of your life? Or are you going to choose the curse or the blessing and live for the, live with the Lord in heaven, in the mansions for eternity? It is, it's very simple. But we have, we have tried to make it so complex and the Lord describes exactly how that we need to live in, in his word. He's telling the children of Israel right here, uh, speaking through Moses, and Moses is telling the children of Israel, this is the way that it's going to be. You're going to live the way that these laws and these statutes and these judgments are laid down to you and receive your blessing or you're not going to accept these laws and statutes and commandments as they are laid out to you, and you'll get a curse. And it's that simple. It's not, it's not nothing uh, real complex. It's very simple. You either live for the Lord and go to heaven, or you live for Satan and, and die and go to hell. There's no straddling the fence. There's no uh, wishy-washy. There's no... Uh, uh, well, you know this. This is a new day and a new time, and and the, and the times are different. And this is the way that we need to live. To go to heaven? No, it ain't. We've got to do just exactly the same thing that the children of Israel did, in when they were in the wilderness and when they were in the promised land to get into heaven, or we will not make it. Period. Now then. Verse 20, instructions concerning principles of war. Yes, if you are living for God, you are in a constant state of war. Not only is there a war going on inside of each and every one of us every day, a war of good and evil, a war of the blessings of the curse every day, but there is also one going on in this world, uh, a a spiritual warfare that's going on in this world. And if we go to Ephesians chapter six, uh, there we're going to find out uh, what it says. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in, well, I done lost my place now. Uh, starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against principalities and against powers against the rulers we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against 
principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Put on the whole armor of God. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, you know, I, I wondered about this because, you know, we go to war so many times with other countries and, and even uh, as we go on uh, to study the Israelites, they're, they're about to get to the point to where that they are almost constantly in war with one of these nations that they're going to have to drive out of this land that the Lord has promised him. And I, I was thinking, well, you know, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And then I got to thinking, I'm going back to that, that one thing that the Lord taught me. It's who's in control of a person's life is what directs their actions and what makes them do the things that they do. So, no, we are not actually warring against a, a people. It really goes back to the spiritual war. It goes back to the war against Satan and that's the one war we as children of God that we need to be in the middle of and we need to be very active in and we need to have each other's backs. How do we do that? By prayer, by uh, just uh, mainly by prayer, but we also for being there for them. Uh, picking up a phone every once in a while and, and, and just if nothing else, just send somebody a text and say, I love you. You know, it don't have to be some drawn out something. Just, just shoot them a text. Say, I love you. I was thinking about you, and I just wanted to tell you that I love you. And I appreciate you. Let me tell you something. I, I, I'm not bragging on me, but the Lord has brought uh, people to my mind. And I have actually picked up my phone and, and sent them a text. Uh, I don't remember now exactly what some of them are. But it, it was just real simple text. And the text that I got back was, Brother, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that right now. See, I, I had no idea. But God does. See, as Moses and uh, Joshua, and as Joshua, as Joshua was, was leading the children of Israel into battle, he would first... He would get the okay from God to make sure that it was okay for them to go to battle against these people. And then if the Lord said, yes, it was, I, and he would go to battle for these people, against these people. We as children of God, we have got to put on the whole armor of God. And we have got to be ready for battle at any point, at any time. We, we, can't, uh, we can't put this on just whenever we want to and go out and fight a little while and then, and then come back and take it off and, and wait three or four or five weeks and then go back out and uh, put it on. And go. We need this on every day. And we need to be fighting against, the, the, against Satan and all of his uh, 
principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. We need to be fighting on this every day. And in order for us to do that, we have to put on this spiritual armor. This spiritual armor. If we go, if you go all through uh, six, all the way down into uh, let's see, Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse ten and go down through verse twenty, you will find out at what each piece of this uh, armor is that you need to be putting on, and you need each piece of it. You can't leave one piece out because uh, you don't like it. You don't really need that part. You need every piece of this because it takes every piece in God's word. It takes every dot and every every dotting of the I and every crossing of the T. It takes every bit of it for us to survive, for us to go out and to fight, and for us to come out on top. It takes every bit of it. It takes some time, you know, uh, when you go into the army or, the, or any of the branch of the service, you have you have to spend a lot of time in training, uh, training on how to fight, training on how to uh, be covert and how to uh, be stealthy and all these things and hand-to-hand combat and combat with guns and tanks and, and airplanes and all this stuff. You have to go through a lot of training. We as children of God, we are trying to fight a battle and we are not wanting to take the time to be trained. We are not wanting to take the time to read the instruction manual and find out just exactly what we need to be doing to fight a battle that, that is raging every day, the one that's going on inside of us and the one that is going on in this world every day. We're not fighting against man. We're not fighting against man, even though mankind is a pawn in the war. We are not actually fighting them. We are fighting Satan and all of his little demons and imps. That's where the fight's at. So now then, we need to put on the whole armor of God, and we need to go to war. This this is instructions for war. This this Bible that we have is the instructions on how to go to war, the principles of war, how we attack Satan and how that we come out on top. And the number one thing that we have to do is we have to put on the helmet of salvation. We have to give our heart and life to God and we and follow him and let him lead and guide and direct us in the way that he would have us to go to fight this battle that is raging every day. But in verse 20 of Deuteronomy, or chapter 20, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. We, as individuals, we as mankind, we cannot win a battle against Satan by ourselves. It's, it's impossible. You, you might as well not even try to fight by yourself. Therefore, when we, get, when we give our heart and life to God, 
and we let him then direct us in the proper uh, way to fight and the proper principles of war, and we go out and we fight against Satan as he leads us and, and directs us and guides us and shows us exactly how to go to war against Satan, we will come out on top, but we cannot do it by ourselves. It is, it is impossible. We will not win a war by ourselves. God has, we have got to follow the Lord. We have got to depend upon him, but we have to do some, some practicing. We have to do some uh, learning on the art of war, and the only way that we can do that is give our heart and life to God, study his word, read his word, and pray often. Go to church. Learn from other people. You know, we're not going to learn everything that we know all at one time out of God's Word, but when we get with other people, uh, other ministers, other Sunday school teachers, even uh, uh, singing groups and, and uh, praise and worship groups and things like that, we draw, draw strength and we draw understanding and we draw knowledge from them, which we all, which is all needed to go out and fight a fight against Satan, against principalities of air. We are, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against Satan. You know, we've, we've heard so, many, so much uh, about the holy wars and, and ISIS and, and uh, all those that would, we're not fighting against those people per se, but we are fighting the sin that is in their lives. We are fighting against that. And it seems like sometimes that we are fighting a losing battle, but trust me, I've read the back of the book, and we come out winners. If we will just hang in, if we will just just hang in there just a little bit longer, we come out winners. We're going to come out on top. We're going to be the victors. Christ has already won this war. He he run he won this battle upon on that Mount Calvary, on, on when he was hung up on that tree, he won this battle. We just got a few wars that we got to go through. But we come out on, we come out on top as long as we follow him. And then we're going to find out as we get into uh, the Israelites going over into the land of uh, Canaan, we're going to find out as long as they followed the Lord and listened to him and followed his instructions, they come out victors. When they went in there on their own and thought that they were really somebody and they could do something, they ended up losing. So, you know, be humble be unreal and understand that it's not us that is actually winning anything, but it's Christ through us that wins. Remember, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this. And until the next time, I hope the Lord just blesses you in a great and mighty way.